I've been fortunate here at Mater Day Radio to interview such a wide variety of people. And some of my favorite times with guests have been with our seminarians, our transitional deacons, and our newly ordained priest. Deacon Justin Echeverria has been joining me throughout the summertime to give us just a little bit of an insight into his life and his pastoral year that he is serving at Christ the King Church. But what I rarely, in fact, where I have never been able to talk to is the family of our future priests. Well, that changes today. I am so excited because Deacon Justin has brought together his family for a wonderful conversation about what it's like when there is a priest in the family. Deacon Justin, along with his parents, Lily and Rick, and for this first half of our interview, Sister Emily joining us from California. Good morning, everyone. Deacon Justin, thanks so much for bringing everybody together. Good morning, Brenda. Thanks for having us. Before we get to the whole family, and we've got so much to talk about, just remind our listeners a little bit about how you came to know your own vocation and when you realized that God was calling you, in fact, to the priesthood. Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of started in the beginning just in the sense that I came from a domestic church. My Both of my parents are Catholic. They prayed with us. They brought us to the sacraments. We went to Mass every every weekend as a family. Uh, so I had that foundation, the the Catholic imagery in our household. We were in Catholic, you know, all my siblings and I went to Catholic school from kindergarten at least through high school. My Two of my siblings went to a Catholic college and I, uh, I went to uh, a non-Catholic Christian college. Uh, and then my young, my middle brother, Derek, went to a non-religious school, but Purdue University. That was for my dad. And um, yeah, so I I had that foundation that when I finally made the decision, this is after college and when I was in the workforce, uh, it was a lot easier to have because it wasn't super foreign to my family because we even, we knew priests growing up through school. We even invited some, you know, we, we knew some priests from UP who we invited to our home to celebrate mass on occasion. So it was just a lot of good. Um, the Catholic culture was very strong in my, uh, in the household. With every household, we recognize the importance of parents and especially the role of a father in the lives of their children and especially their sons to guide and lead our faith journey. Rick, it's wonderful you to join us today. For you, did you feel a responsibility as the father is the head of this household with your wife to bring these children up in the faith? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it was it was always a fundamental part of uh, our our relationship as husband and wife. Lily and I are high school sweethearts, so we've known each other a long time. We dated six and a half years before we got married, and I always remember from the beginning, growing up in high school, that Sunday night was always the time for us to go to church together, and then post-college, and once we got married, that continued to get stronger and stronger. Uh, and I give Lily uh, a lot of credit because her faith is so strong, and she is really the foundation of our home and she uh, and she also is has 51% of the vote for the most part so when she says we're going in one direction we're going in one direction and in this case we were all very blessed that she had Christ the Lord Mother Mary who she's very devout to and the, the overall you know Catholic upbringing of the kids and how we conduct ourselves and what we prioritize has always been front and center so we're very blessed to be led by her. If you are just tuning in, I'm joined today by Deacon Justin Echeverria. He's been joining us throughout the summer in wonderful conversations and topics about some of the things and questions that oftentimes kids have about the faith. But we have a very special opportunity joined by his parents, Lily and Rick. Lily, I have a mother's heart, too. 
over these times that I've been to have the opportunity to talk with Deacon, you know, to share in your thoughts as a mother. So what does that mean for you? You know, for your children, you you pray for their vocations, but oftentimes we just have the idea that we'll we'll raise them in the faith. They'll go to high school and college. They'll meet somebody, get married, have children. Well, for you, did you pray or ever even think that one of your children would be called by God to become a priest? Honestly, I no. <laughs> so when Deacon came to you, when at how old was he when he came to you and said, "I want to become a priest"? Was that a shock to you, or did you find a sense in him from maybe an early on age that God was calling him kind of in a special way? I think um, that even besides me, other people that grew up with him would they were not surprised. Um, he loved religion when he was in Holy Trinity. He would read. Bibles for fun. Um, and so it was not a surprise. And he mentioned something in at the end of high school. There were some mentioned throughout college two different times. So when the real mention came, we were not in shock. Really? Tell Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? That moment? Um, to be honest with you, we, I think that is very normal to say, are you sure? Mm -hmm. Are you sure? This is not an easy life. And as a Catholic, we want future priests with the true, true vocation. Um, but he said yes, and we forgot all our worries and jumped the wagon of supporting him and and all this wonderful journey that that is just like a, ble a blessing in our lives. Dick and Justin, do you remember that time when you came to your parents and you finally said, Absolutely, this is where I know God is calling me. Did you have a sense of trepidation or uncertainty as to what you thought your parents might say? Or did it feel very natural? I was terrified. Were you? Yeah, it was Divine Mercy Sunday of 2017, in April of 2017. I will never forget when I finally, that whole day, I was like agonizing over telling my parents. And then I finally, I just the way I remembered it was we went to get dinner at Chipotle nearby. We came back. And then my parents were in the laundry room folding the sheets, I think, or something. And I called them into the kitchen. And that's when I told the news. But it took a while for me to get it out. Okay. Uh, and then, but when I when I finally blurted it out, um, there was, yeah, that, that sense of, are you sure? Or, you know, is this really what you want to do? But also at, at the time, I think my mom actually was the one who said, well, I was 25 at the time. And it's like, well, you're 25 years old. You got to make your own decision. You got to be your own man. I think that many parents would be surprised in the middle of an ordinary day folding sheets how life can make a turn. Mm -hmm. And what a blessing. Have Deacon Justin's been here throughout the summer. Have you enjoyed being able to experience his, his diaconate in, in a unique way? Lily, has it kind of helped uh, confirm in your own heart and mind that Deacon Justin's doing exactly what God's called him to be? Yes. Um, it has been a wonderful year. Aside from having him coming home every weekend, um, but share that journey and see um, we now, Rick and I go to Christ the King Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings and to see how that community has embraced Justin, Deacon Justin, and um, how they love him and support him and to see the wonderful mentorship relationship from Monsignor Sayak, who's a giant. Um, I will 
ever be grateful to whoever decided to send Deacon Justin to Christ the King. I will always be grateful to that community and Monsignor Sayak. And seeing, because he shares stories with us, seeing his pastoral um, ability, or it has been very reassuring. I think that he was born to do this and and to understand that even when we have a Super Bowl party, he will get there late because he went to um, bless a home for a parishioner. So we are all also learning that is first. And if we get a little bit of him, it's great, but we need to share him with the Lord and the Lord's people. As Deacon so often would point out to us, a priest, and as he's experiencing now as a transitional deacon, the entire parish is his family, mm-hmm. and he is the father to so many, and that's the way that, Deacon, you experiencing that. Joining us also this morning, Deacon Justin's sister, Emily, is joining us from California. Good morning, Emily. Thanks for joining us on The Morning Blend. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So, Emily, you are just one step down in the family lineup. You are a younger sister to Deacon Justin. So growing up, I mean, of course, now we know his vocation is to the priesthood. Did that seem like he had maybe that holy glow about him from just a very young age? Yeah, I I also, I don't think any of our siblings were surprised when Justin told us he was discerning into the priesthood. Um, Maybe not when we were very, very little, but I think around high school, it was starting to become a little bit of a thought or kind of more exposed to the rest of us. Um, I'm also the closest, like you said, in age to Justin, we're only two years apart. So we went to high school together. Um, and like we were driving the car together in the mornings and whatnot. So I think I was a little bit closer to like seeing what he was going through than uh, the rest of our siblings. Oftentimes siblings know the story before their parents know. Did you know before your parents that, uh, you know, this is what he's going to do? And then in those close conversations that siblings have, did you ever try to dissuade him going, look, Justin, we see how life is for priests. Are you sure this is what you want to do? Did you ever have that ability to have those conversations before the big announcement, we'll say? Um, not really, to be honest, because I, I also remember when Justin, like the moment Justin called me to tell me he was going into the priesthood and I was driving in my car um, to go shopping <laughs> and he called me and he was telling me just that that was what he wanted to do. And I just remember being like trying to compose myself because I didn't really know what the appropriate response was, but I felt elated. I felt happy. It was like that was the experience I was feeling. Um, and so I don't know, Justin, like exactly what I told you, but I just remember being like, wow, congrats. That's exciting. I never once was coming from, are you sure about it? Um, and Actually, yeah. I, I already knew my parents had that covered because my parents are, I mean, that's more of a parent role. I feel like as siblings, we're just there to be more supportive and like lift Justin up and be his, um, you know, protector in a way too. So yeah, I think that was more of my parents' role. Yeah, I think uh, the the most specific thing I remember, besides all the support, was when Emily said, uh, if anybody that you know is not going to support you in this, they're not your, hmm. you don't need that in your life. That's it. I do remember that. Yeah, I think I, 
I got very like in that moment protective. And I think even now more so too, as Justin's continued down his journey. Um, I mean, we're all very um, like strong and opinionated and I think, you know, loud and outgoing. That's just kind of how we were raised as a family. And so it's always been, if one of us is hurt by somebody, you know, we're kind of like an army against them, you know, mm. in, a, in a sense. So, um, you know, for, for me and I know for Derek and Alex too, we have felt this responsibility to, you know, protect Justin against, you know, some hardships that may, may come down the line as much as we can. So. I love that. You should all have matching shirts that say Team Echeverria. You are amazing. And I've said that to our own kids. The whole world outside is trying to drive wedges in between the families. So inside the walls of this household, we're together. Mm -hmm. We're together on it for sure. Well, it's been a wonderful conversation. I'm already up against my break. Emily, thank you so much. We're going to say goodbye to you. But you mentioned Derek and Alex. The brothers, they're coming up in our next half hour. So please stay with us. We got a great conversation coming up. And I am back on a very special morning. It is all in the family here at Mater Day Radio. Deacon Justin Echeverria is joining us today. And I have a wonderful opportunity to talk to his mother and father to get a parent view of what it's like to have a priest in the family. Now, we had a wonderful conversation in the first half hour, but now we're going to get the fun going because the brothers are joining us. Deacon Justin's brother, Derek, joining us from Dallas. Alex joining us from San Francisco. So we have a full crew this morning. Deacon Justin, thanks so much for getting the family together. I'm glad it worked out. Deacon Justin, you are the oldest in the family. Then your Mm -hmm. sister Emily is next in line, who we talked to in our first half hour. And then down the line came Derek and Alex. Mm -hmm. Was there an age difference that made you feel like you are the responsible older brother? Or did you all kind of get it mixed up when you were growing up together? I think the, the, the clearest one was Alex, because I remember most vividly going to the hospital at, uh, St. Vincent's Hospital over here and holding him as a baby. I, I must have been maybe eight years old. So that, that with him and I, the, the, the gap is wide enough that there, there's like the big brother, little brother, but almost like a fatherly. Like I look at him still as, even though Alex is no offense, even though he's a 23 year old man, he's working. I still see him as kind of a kid only because of the, the age difference. Like, oh, you're my little brother. But at the same time, like, oh, you're, you're becoming your own man. And it's kind of like, oh, he's. And same with Derek too. It's like seeing both of them. Like, holy cow, you're 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 both growing up. Like when I went to Derek's apartment in Dallas, I'm like, oh man, this is incredible. My younger brothers, who I remember when my mom was pregnant with them, are now living their own lives I mean, very successfully. I might add. Derek, I asked Emily this question, so I want to ask you this question also. Looking back over the years, and of course now we know that Deacon Justin has his vocation in the church. Did you get that sense that? Yeah, the, the Justin had a different call than the rest of us, or were you just thrown for a loop when he told the family one day, I'm going to be a priest? Well, it's actually, honestly, a little bit of both. Um, so when we were growing up and, you know, in the last couple of years, um, I don't know if the rest of the family remembers this, but I kind of uh, talked about Justin as the metaphorical plow of the family. Um, you know, being the first kid, you obviously have to go through everything for the first time in the family, you know, you don't have a roadmap. 
or any of that, any of those type of things. So, you know, Justin was that guy that paved the way for the rest of us to, to be successful. So, you know, kind of in that way, Justin leading by example has always been, you know, at the head of my mind. Um, but when he started talking through his vocation and his calling, um, I was definitely a little bit surprised at first just because I, you know, was not expecting that. And he's the oldest brother, you know, it was just kind of, kind of shocking from that aspect. But, you know, at the end of the day, Justin has been one of the most morally upstanding people that I've ever, you know, been with throughout life and a great example for the rest of us. So, you know, after the initial shock, it was just kind of felt pretty natural to me, I would say. Alex, as the, I won't say the baby of the family, but you're the youngest in the family. And Deacon Justin just mentioned about how he took on, Kami, this older brother, you know, kind of look out for you role. Did you find now that he is a deacon in the church, going to become a priest? Has that changed your relationship in that do you feel like you've got to be on better behavior, that the things that you found funny before he was a deacon, you feel like you can't cut up or maybe use colorful language in the same way because, well, Deacon Justin is such a holy older brother now. Yeah. uh, Well, first, I will uh, let you know, I don't take any offense to being called the baby of the family. They constantly refer to me as that, especially my mother. So (laughs) there's that. Um, I mean, Justin, as an older brother, he was always my, um, always looking out for me. He, I remember vividly him helping pull my teeth when I was losing my teeth when I was really little because uh, I was afraid to do it by myself or afraid to have one of my parents do it. But, I mean, to be honest, um, you know, yes, he's a deacon now of the church, which is awesome. But at the end of the day, Justin, Justin is still my brother, um, and I love him very much, so... Um, are there certain things maybe I won't bring up? Yes, but uh, I think we still keep it as normal as we ever did and still do with each other. Deacon, it sounds like life when you're at the parish has its own requirements and the way that you put yourself forward. Sure. But it does feel like in the walls of your household, you are who you've always been, and it's kind of that safe place for you to just maybe take off the collar and take on that role again of Justin. Does mm-hmm. it feel that way for you? In some ways, yes and no. I mean, cause it's like, well, you know, even though I take the collar off, I'm still a, I, I still am an ordained minister of the, of the church. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, like when I went to visit Derek in, in Dallas, Texas, this, this past winter, it wasn't like, Oh, the deacon is coming to make a call. It's like, I'm going to visit my brother. And I remember I went to his apartment and he, he works for Frito Lay, so it was kind of nice to <laughs> have some of the some of the chips that he wanted me to try. And even like his his girlfriend came over and she had dinner with us. We had some good Texas barbecue, and then we watched Airplane, and we were laughing hysterically. Or the day after, or yeah, the day after ordination, and my whole family came to Rome. Uh, my siblings, uh, minus my sister and brother in law, they had to they had to they had to split from us. But we went to Assisi. And I remember we were going to lunch and Alex cracked a joke of like, so now that you're a, a deacon and we're here, like, are we, are we part of some, you know, are we now a powerful family? Like in the, you know, 500 years ago in the church, you had like the Medici family and the Borgia family. And he, but he had it with like that. Alex has kind of a smirk that like, if I look at him, I'll, I'll start laughing. Sometimes he, he just, he can drop something with a very serious face, but dry humor. and makes me just crack up. 
And he said that, and I was like, no, Alex, we're not. I'm a deacon. We're actually very poor. <laughs> Uh, if you are just tuning in, we are continuing our conversation with the Echeverria family. Of course, all summer long, Deacon Justin has been joining us on the Morning Blend to just give us his insight and thoughts on different aspects of the Catholic faith. But today, well, it is a family affair. The whole family is in. Derek and Alex joining us today, brothers of Deacon Justin. So, Rick... I would love to ask you this. You have these three sons. There is uh, something wonderful about having these boys to support each other. Do you feel like growing up then that you had a responsibility as a father to raise sons in this world to remain strong? Did that, that weigh heavy on you? And were you able to maybe come across in a way that your sons yeah, kind of maybe tried you from time to time? Oh, they did. They they. <laughs> Well, they, they always will. You know, my father used to say, one thing you have to get used to is even though your your boys get older, they're still your sons and you still have to guide them. But I have to say, each one of them has brought tremendous joy. Uh, the way they love each other, the way they are willing to talk about each other. And, you know, Emily isn't here, but one of the highlights of our life so far was when she, during her wedding, each of these boys got to get up and do and speak about their sister and just their willingness to express their love, uh, to cry, to laugh, uh, each one of them is a gift. I find myself that on the trivial stuff, on the day-to-day stuff, I used to sometimes lose it very quickly, but it's in the moments where things are tougher with the boys that I actually find the Holy Spirit most present. And I can tell you of really deep conversations I've had, obviously with Deacon Justin, Derek, we've had a few of them he knows that and also with alex but all out of love and i think you know that's the one thing that just i admire i think lily and i have set the example we we each have set the the importance of the role of the father and the mother we're not debating which role each one plays i think i had to instill in them the work discipline the focus uh the bring the best of yourself to the world because you're going to make a better place and i still remember telling justin that frequently uh, the world's going to be better off when you give it your best. And I think all all three boys do that time and time again. I'm incredibly proud of them. I love them. Lily, we were, had an opportunity to have Emily on with us in the first half hour. And we know as a sister and as the only girl in the family, I'm sure she was beautiful and wonderful to raise, unlike boys. <laughs> so I'd love to ask you this one. In your household of boys, who was most likely to come in after curfew? Derek. And who was the son <laughs> most likely to leave uh, dirty dishes where they weren't supposed to be? Alex, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think okay. it was Alex. And then what about the uh, the smelly gym bag and the clothes that came home? Who was the most likely to leave a trail from the front door to where they ended up plopping themselves in the afternoon? I think they all knew that they had to either <gasps> put it in the laundry or give it to me. I run a very tight, <laughs> lots of rules. They can all say that. Can Would you agree with that, Deacon? Oh, when you walked into the garage of our house, we had this, we had this poster from when we went to get, when we went to visit Alcatraz in San Francisco, the prison where it says you are entitled to, I think, food, clothing, and medical assistance. Everything else you get is a privilege. Not that our house is a prison, we, we, but there were, there were rules. Derek and Alex, do you agree? Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely, yes. 
Oh, it's just a wonderful. I've had just the best conversation. It's been wonderful to to talk it to to all of you. Before we go, Derek, I did ask uh, your sister the same question. When Dick and Justin came to the family and said, "This is going to be my path forward," did you also feel that sense like you became very protective? of your older brother, that he'd been always the one that looked after you. But when he made this uh, proclamation of his vocation, do you, did you feel a sense that, well, that, that this is somebody now that, you know, no matter what the world threw at him, you felt a need to protect and pray for him? I think so. I think in a way we, as the siblings kind of have a responsibility to um, not break down the stigmas and the notion, but, you know, be clear supporters of what Justin is doing. I think that's extremely, extremely important for us. Um, but in terms of being like a true protector for Justin, you know, I know he can hold his own. Um, but like I said, you know, we're always going to be here for him and defend him when we have to. In today's society, with all the things going on in the media and all that, you know, we definitely have might have a tougher path than than most families, but. You know, so long as we stick together and continue fighting the fight and spreading positivity, we'll be okay. As I said when I opened up our conversation, this is such a rarity to be able to have a whole family in together to talk. And what truly blessed time it is. So, Rick and Lily, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you both for the gift and the the offering of your son, uh, Deacon Justin, to the world and to our local community. We're so very happy, and I can tell that you're all very proud. Derek and Alex, thank you so much. I guarantee you when uh, Deacon Justin is ordained, I'm going to be watching to see if you guys try to make him laugh from the congregation while he's up on the (laughs) altar. So thank you all both for your time today, too. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. Deacon, again, thank you so much for sharing your family. Before we go today, will you end us in a prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we thank you for this time we were able to get together as uh, here in modern day and as a family. No matter how far away we are from each other physically, we're always together in Christ and in our, in our blood, especially as a biological family. And through the intercession of St. Joseph and our Blessed Mother, I ask you, Lord, that you bestow your blessings on all families, especially in this day and age. Strengthen them, nourish them, and protect them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you all so much for your time today. We appreciate all of it. And for our listeners, if you want to listen to that interview again, please go to our website, materdayradio.com. You can access the podcast. You'll also catch it on the Hail Mary media app.